everybody, and thanks for listening to this latest edition of the Digging In Podcast. Eric Urbane with you, again from Mystigate 11. It's just about back to school time for many throughout the state, and I hope that that's met with uh, excitement and anticipation for you all. In this episode, I wanted to do something that is admittedly long overdue, and that's introduce you to my team. So here at Mystig 811's External Affairs Department, we work with a lot of the external facing components of the business, as you can imagine. But not all external facets, mind you. Our education department is out there performing many of our trainings, and they're the ones you'll likely see promoting 811 at your local community event. I personally work with our partners to, to develop our public awareness campaigns, as well as work with the state's industry stakeholder trade associations. And to some degree, I'm also involved with working with our state legislators to advance utility damage prevention efforts. But additionally, I have two talented individuals who work with me, known as community outreach specialists. It's what they are out there doing that I want to talk about today. So joining the program today are Paul Harding and Colleen Goddard. Welcome, guys. Hello. Thank you. you. Now, you guys live this every day, so you know it. But for our audience, uh, Paul and Colleen basically divide the state in two, north and south. And as their uh, position suggests, they work with communities, uh, specifically our largest membership classification, municipal members, uh, to assist them in their damage prevention and membership efforts. Now, I certainly want to talk more about the specifics of your respective duties, guys. But before we get into that, Let's have you both give a little background about yourselves. Uh, Paul, why don't you start us off and tell the folks out there in podcast land uh, how you found yourself here? Well, I hired in with Mystig 811 back in uh, the very at the very end of 2009. Um, I was working a job uh, at nights and raising my kids who are now all grown up in the daytime and that job kind of dried up. So I was looking for something new as my kids were getting older at the same time. And at that point, it was during the height of the housing crisis. So there were not a whole lot of jobs to be had. I saw an ad in the paper that said they were looking for somebody who has mapping, typing and spelling skills. And I said, wow, first time in my life, somebody actually wants some of my skills. So I ended up applying for the job and they hired me and I was thrilled by it. Weekend midnights. Now, mm. I had three kids at home at that time, wide ranging age, ages. So I, I let uh, Gwen Knowles, the uh, manager of the call center at that time, know I really would like something full time down the road, which was rare back then. At that point, basically, Miss Dig was hiring uh, part time workers and you worked your way up to full time. But a few weeks after I mentioned that, they asked me if I wanted to work four to 12s, which meant I'd be taking tickets. And back then we used to actually call out emergencies. So I took that job, worked it for about three years. There was a two year period or three year period actually in there where after eight o'clock, I was the only guy in Michigan still taking tickets. Mm -hmm. In 2013, we opened up the, uh, the web ticket department 
and myself and Stephanie Bow, who's now the web ticket department manager, uh, we're the first two reviewers of web tickets uh, for Miss Day. We did that for a couple of years. And then in 2016, I joined the education department, myself and Colleen. Uh, I, before that, I was also training people on remote ticket entry. I probably trained a good thousand people over the years how to place tickets on the former Newton system. And then in 2018, uh, well, actually 2017, 2016, I guess it was, we really started to do a bunch of uh, live certifications. We took that on the road for the very first time, and uh, that was extremely successful. Um, and then after that, this opening came up in community outreach, and that was in, uh, I believe, what, 2018, 2019, Colleen? I think late 2018, and the rest is history. I've been doing community outreach along with Colleen since late 2018. Oh, hey, great. Thank you, sir. Now, Colleen, uh, how about you? Um, hi, my name is Colleen Goddard. Um, I kind of have a little bit of the same a path, well, it's a little bit of a different path than Paul had to um, community outreach. I started in 1998. Um, I had moved to Escanaba and I was working as a waitress um, in a Mexican restaurant. And I had just graduated from college. And so I was looking for something more. So I, I had heard about Miss Dig from some people in the area that had worked there. Miss um, Dig had just moved to Escanaba um, in 98 or 99, I believe. So they had just moved to Escanaba with an office here. Um, I heard that they were hiring, so I applied. Um, I did have a couple children at the time, so I did um, ask for later shifts. So I also worked the midnight shifts, um, calling out emergencies at night and doing all the taking the phone calls and everything in the middle of the night. I worked, I did that for about five years, and then I moved up to um, being the CSR supervisor for Gladstone. Um, so I worked with um, the manager of the of the um, CSRs, and we together did the hiring and the training. Um, then it moved on up to that we also were supervising the Auburn Hills office because they did not have a supervisor at the time yeah. or a manager. So we kind of did both offices at that at that time. I did that for 13 years um, before I moved up to the education department. Um, or I, should, I should say I moved over. It was kind of like a lateral move for me um, from being the CSR supervisor over to education specialist. Um, I did that, the education specialist, and we started doing the the trainings where we go um, do it online, do online trainings or in-person trainings where we'd have big groups where we do um, safe excavation practices trainings. Um, that lasted for about two years before I moved on to um, the community outreach specialist, um, which was in 2019. So 2019, I've been work I've been actually working with Paul the whole time that he's been here because um, I worked with him when he was um, a CSR and I worked with him in the education department and now we're working together in the community outreach department um, where we are reaching out to our members and training them. And I guess we can move on to that in the next um, next uh, progression here in this uh, conversation. Yeah, so and if you, if you recall, Colleen, uh, when I first started, you trained me on how to do all the off-hour stuff for Auburn Hills and nobody was doing any off-hour stuff down there. So like two months into working at Miss Dig, I was training all the other CSRs on how to do exactly. our stuff. So yeah, yeah, we have been working together right from the very beginning. That's yeah, for right. good or for bad, right? That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right no, no, thanks, Colleen. Um, uh -huh. All right, so now that the listeners know who you guys are, let's talk about 
what it is that you do. Now, as you both mentioned, the community outreach specialist role existed prior to this department's creation, uh, which happened towards the end of last year. Mm -hmm. And while you guys worked in the education department, you, you of course had the same title, but what you did was a little bit different. And, and, and really the difference between then and now was largely impacted by our rollout of, of the Pelican Corp system. So Paul, I'll let you talk about what you guys were doing uh, at, then, and then Colleen can inform the listeners kind of how that's changed and what you guys are doing today. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting, Eric, because every role I have taken since uh, my initial working four to twelves as an operator, I have basically been told the same mantra. And that's we're not exactly sure what we're going to do with this department yet, but you're going to figure it out. And so a lot of times, like when we when Stephanie and I started with Web Ticket, we just kind of put that together. And then shortly after that, we figured out a better way to train remote ticket entry users. Then when I got in education, I had to figure out a way to make certification work live on the road. And even when I took the community outreach job, Bruce said to me, uh, he said, well, I'm not exactly sure what we're going to do with this yet, but you're used to this. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's kind of uh, where we started at. And that first year, we decided to go all in. Colleen and I talked about it, and we determined we were going to visit every single city, village, and township in the state of Michigan. Not just our members that have facilities, but every single city, village, and township. And our logic was, even if they don't have water, sandy, or storm, they still have citizens who dig. So mm -hmm. we want to stop by their city, village, or township office and drop off some of our information, talk to them a little bit about Mystig. And that first time when we did things, we really, really focused on building departments because people go in to get their permits from building departments. And we wanted to make sure when they walked in there, they saw our posters, they saw our brochures or flyers, and they even saw our little bobblehead, which amazingly, when I go places now, I still see out at the vast majority of the places that I visited pre-COVID. So that was our initial plan. Um, and at the same time, we were doing some of the things that you're doing more now. We were going to Lansing, trying to get the mobile home parks to be members, things like that, talking yep. to the Bureau of Construction Codes, trying to get more people to make our certification training a part of their curriculum. Our initial goal was to get this whole first phase done in probably a year and change. And I think we would have done that, except in March of 2020, I don't know if you two recall this at all, but there was this pandemic that started. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it was COVID-19. You can read about it online. Uh, but it really stopped things right in its tracks. In fact, I was speaking that off-season at all of the Paradigm presentations for pipeline safety, and Colleen was going to do the second half of the Paradigm presentations. And I was up and speaking in Traverse City and was informed they were shutting down. And at the same time, our office pretty much said, everybody come home. And oh, by the way, why don't you stay there for about a year and three months? And so that's what we did. So everything stopped in its track. So at that point, the idea came about and it 
it's funny because Bruce will always mention this. It came about because all of our cars were sitting so much that the batteries were dying. So we needed to come up with a way to keep ourselves moving and our cars moving. So that's where on-site locate evaluations came into play. And with that, we'd go out to a job site and we'd look to see if everything was marked as noted in positive response. If it was some kind of a, you know, a situation, we wanted to see if people had done the work when they said they were going to do. And we were all doing that for a little while, not just Colleen and myself. We were the main people doing it, but you guys in education were doing right. it at that time too. And then I, I, I think Colleen did some of this too. It was easier for me in the Metro Detroit area but I started to really focus on emergency locates and finding out if these people that were calling in these now emergencies, these scheduled emergencies, uh, were always there when they said, and spoiler alert for all the locators and excavators out there, a lot of times they were not. So that was something I could react on and reach out to people and get them to correct their ways. And I also focused on sign companies because sometimes they had some very uh, vague instructions. So I'd go out and check out their tickets. We'd come back in and we tried to reinforce sign scope of work. So we were able to turn a negative, I felt at that time, into a real positive. So that's basically what we did until I guess it was, what was it, Colleen? Was it like June of last year when we were finally given the go-ahead again to start hitting the road? And at that yeah, point, yeah. we took a different strategy. Yeah, we kind of re revamped it and then it worked better the revamped way. Yeah, so I mean, we, you know, it started out kind of blanketing the state, you know, high volume visits, maybe for a little more briefly in, in some regards and, and doing a lot of those locate evaluations. But certainly, you know, Pelican came out here at the end of December this past December and our membership you know, has needed some help navigating it. So why don't you basically explain kind of how that is uh, created this evolution in what you guys are doing, Colleen. Okay. Well, um, as Paul was saying, we were doing the, that where we were blanketing everybody at the city township and village, no matter if they're members or not. And that I, we did our last visits for that one, like in November of 2021. Um, then we, we moved on to the Pelican system in December 15th of 2021 and at that point in time it was all hands on deck um, so everybody at Miss Dig had to go back into the office and we all had to assist on um, people calling with questions about Pelican um, that was a long process we Paul and I kind of helped the web ticket department in um, double checking tickets making sure everything was working correctly um, before it was actually released um, we did that until and helped people till probably the end of January um, before we actually started out on this new um, this new top, this new thing we, we had going on, which we, the new thing we were going to do is just reach out to all of our members specifically. We weren't going to go back and reach out to every city, township, and village. We were just going to go to our members um, and meet with them and ask if they had any questions about Pelican. And, you know, and also if they had any questions about Public Act 174, if they had any questions about anything related to the MISDIG process, um, we spoke with them about it. Um, so we started out kind of in the same um, same way that we did with the um, the last um, roundabout that we did with every city, township, and village. We started contacting people, going to them, and visiting them. Um, the results that we're seeing with visiting every um, individual member separately has been astounding. It really amazes me um, the support that we get when we go there. 
um, versus the initial reaction when we walk in the door sometimes isn't so great. Sometimes people are fairly rude, um, fairly not happy with Pelican. So they are kind of on the defensive when you walk in the door. Um, but the time we just talked about this previously, by the time I leave and Paul has said, by the time he's left every place, he's felt he's left them where they're not upset with us anymore. Um, they understand the process better. Uh, they understand um, why we made the change, you know, from Newton to Pelican, why the change was made, and they understand better how to work the system. So to me, it's very, um, it's a, it's a very, I feel very good about this part of our position right now. I feel like we're doing a lot of um, good for our members, and we're helping people. So that is, that is a difference between the two different um, routes we did at going to meet with all of our members. Yeah, you know, and just and just being with each of you for a day out there, you know, respectively to to see how it, mm-hmm. how how it's gone. I think there's a lot of value in, in what you guys are doing. You know, um, each member has their own needs, their own challenges, their own successes, and and that's hard to anticipate when you walk through the door. But in exactly. almost every case, there's something that they can learn. There, there's a way they yeah. can improve their process or their understanding of the system and having someone like you guys actually show up in person and provide that information, I think is a great benefit uh, to each of them. And, and, and as you guys know, these meetings can be a, a friendly five minute conversation or they could last several hours based on the needs that you're discovering when you get there. Right. Yeah. And the difference with this one is we're meeting with more of the DPWs um, versus just going and trying to, meet with the building departments. We're trying to meet with the actual people that are out there doing the work and actually using the system and using positive response. So it's a little bit of a different audience. Um, some of the people are the same ones I talked to previously, which is really nice because you kind of know them already when you um, enter the door. Um, and some of the people are brand new that I've never met before. So all in all, it's just a really, um, really good experience. Well, and I think too, it, it puts a face with Miss Dig eight one one, instead of exactly. seeing us as some kind of government regulatory. And they just want everyone to be safe and and you know to follow the law, and, and that's really all that we push. So it, it, I, I find like, like Eric, you, you said every place is a little different. Some places you go in and things are running pretty smoothly. Other places you go in and they're only posting to one facility. Some places you go in and they say damage prevention portal. What's that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's all different everywhere you go. But I, I have um, experience too that sometimes when I leave a place, I feel like I didn't do too good of a job or maybe the, they didn't get much out of the meeting. And then I leave and they're like, wow, that was really helpful. Thank you very much for coming. And it's like, you know, it just amazes me how appreciative most people are um, after, when I leave of the the information that they've gotten from us. Yeah, absolutely. And, hey, and, go ahead, Paul. I was just going to add, I would say, at least for me, and and Colleen, probably, I'm going to guess you would agree with this, but of all the work I've done at Miss Dig, though the travel sometimes can be stressful, yeah, um, that's, this that's is by it. far the most valuable work I've done for the company. I, I mean, a lot of these people would never reach out to us. They just would not do that. So what yeah. Colleen said about being grateful, a lot of times they're grateful and sometimes a little bit shocked. It's like, wow, you came all the way here to my little yeah. tiny town to see me. 
Absolutely, we did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, I, I they're, agree. I agree. I, this is the, probably the most rewarding um, part uh, position I've had at Ms. Dig. Well, that's that's good to hear uh, out of mm-hmm. both of you. And and folks, you know, as the as of this recording today, which is happening towards the tail end of August here, and um, uh, Paul and Colleen, they've already helped hundreds of our municipal members just this year in, in navigating some of these issues with, with Pelican and just providing uh, that information, you know, in, in service. So I guess another question for you guys is how do you let the people know that you'll be coming by to see them in the first place? Well, what what I do is typically Monday through Thursday are the days I'll go out. Friday for municipalities, not all of them. If you're in more major areas, they're open. But when you go out state a lot, most municipalities are closed on Friday. Even I see the MDOT offices closed on Friday. So on Friday, that's usually when I reload for not the next week, but the week after that. So like today, I'll be planning, what am I going to do the, the week after next? And so I'll start going through, and I focus on counties. Uh, so I'll focus on a certain county. I'll pull up all the members, that, all the municipal members I can find, even some of the smaller telephone companies, some of those that are more local. And I will send them emails, letting them I'm, know I'm going to be out there and letting them know I want to talk to them about the Pelican system. But I, we'll definitely talk about all things Mystic. I will ask them what they're marking right now. I Sometimes I'll just want to know, are, are they on the same track as us as far as marking responsibilities when it comes to water and sewer. So we really try and cover the gamut when we're with these guys. It's We do obviously focus on the Pelican system, but uh, I focus, and I'm sure Colleen does too, we focus on all things, Miss Yeah. So, I mean, what Paula was saying is kind of the same for me, um, what he said about um, the outstate areas. Is that what you call them, outstate? Is that yes. what you said, Paul? Okay. Um, I, I personally have never even heard that term before I've been talking with Paul. I guess outstate <laughs> means out, out of the big cities, which basically that's my whole area is outstate because I cover the UP and northern lower Michigan. So I feel like my whole area, as Paul would say, is outstate. So I don't I guess I don't experience too much of the people being closed on Fridays. Um, some of them are, but most of them that I've experienced are open on Fridays in my areas. So I, I kind of just... Uh, I do focus on Monday through Thursday like him just because uh, we're traveling a lot. So on Friday, I'm, I usually would, I travel at home on Thursday nights. So we're home on Friday. Um, but probably the same thing. I do the same thing. I look in the, our damage prevention portal on the, the users that have signed up in our damage prevention portal, thinking that would be the people I want to talk to, the people that are signed up for a positive response. So that's where I get the email addresses from and I contact them. I email them. A lot of them will email, I'd probably say half and 50-50. 50% of them probably email me back and we set up meetings. The ones that don't contact me back, I just stop in. You know, I just stop in if they didn't contact me back. I still get a good response though. I stop in, they'll, they'll have received the email and say, yeah, I, I got your email. I thought you were coming sometime, but they, they never email me back. Sure. But I still stop in and talk with them. And then they, like I did, did that this past week. I stopped in at a place that never contacted me back. They called all their guys in and they came in and we had a meeting. So it's not like just because they don't respond, you can't still have a meeting with them. It still happens. 
And it really can vary too. I mean, like, like, well, you just mentioned Kylie, sometimes you'll go in and you'll talk just with the director, you know, you talk with the DPW superintendent, the public works director, and yeah. other times there'll be 25 people sitting there waiting for you. And you'll be standing in a garage talking to everyone from uh -huh. seasonal help to their director. So it really, it really can vary. No, yes, absolutely. Most of the time you're in a garage, you're not usually in a big meeting room or anything fancy. It's usually just that their garage. So it's a little different than the first roundabout that we did. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, if you're out there and you work for a city or village DPW and, and haven't yet had a chance to talk with Paul or Colleen, please look for their email stating when they'll be near you. Um, you know, again, so far they've helped just about half of our municipal membership. So that does mean that there's still plenty of opportunity for them to, to get out there and for you to work with them. What, mm -hmm. uh, you guys, this is, this has been a great chat so far, you know, before we kind of wrap up this episode, any last words of wisdom for the listeners you'd like to share? I would like to just let everybody know that we do have a newsletter called in the trenches. A lot of the new, um, the new, um, advances that we have in Pelican are listed in there. Uh, that, that you can go like at least read the headlines of all the different um, stories. It does get kind of long sometimes, but at least read the headlines to see which ones would apply to you. So if there ever are any updates in Pelican, they are listed in there. Um, so you'll know right away. No, and I very, would, yeah, go ahead, Paul, please. Okay. I, I was just going to say one thing I will say is if, if I do visit with you, expect me to push you to start using more technology. That's something that I think long-term is inevitable for all of us. So it is something I'm really pushing hard when I talk to all of our municipal members. Instead of printing out countless sheets of paper, maybe it's time to think about getting a cheap tablet or something or a work phone where you can do some different things on. So that is something I'm pushing. And the other thing I'm really pushing is documenting your steps because that's really a key to things. You might have even heard me say it to one of our members, but to me, uh, being a, having a Mystic 811 membership is two things. A, it is required by law if you have utilities uh, for public use in the public right of way. But second, for our municipal members and for all of our members, it's an insurance policy for your facilities. You will not have to pay to repair damages caused by an outside party if you do three simple things. First, you become a Mystic 811 member and you receive tickets. Second, once you receive those tickets, you go out and mark the locations. And third, and I'm really stressing this one this year, in this very Sue crazy or very litigious society that we live in anymore, document your steps on this legal document by using and posting to positive response. So that's really been my biggest mantras this year. Yeah, that's that's good advice. You know, sometimes we're close, we're so close to it here that just seems like it's you know, common knowledge, and everyone just automatically knows the best way to do all of that. And that's not always the case. No. Um, that, I, I just also wanted to let everybody know that you can you can get our contact information um, in, on the website or in the newsletter. The newsletter is separated into sections and community outreach does have a section that you can um, look and um, we do have the community outreach email in there that would reach all of us 
um, yep. so that if you ever any questions are, are you can contact us that way. Yeah, we, we all all of us get a lot of mail folks yeah. out there. But, you know, we do send you as, as part of your membership or even if you're an excavator on our mailing list, you know, we do send you a monthly newsletter trying to keep you up to date with what we have going on. So um, give it a read. We certainly appreciate it. There's you, don't, information in there. you don't have to wait for an email from us, too. If you need to talk to us, please reach out to us. We, we can exactly. make a special stop just for you. Yeah, yep. exactly. absolutely. Guys, um, this is good stuff. I, I appreciate both of you uh, joining the show and uh, keep up the good work out there. It was All fun. Right, thank you. All right, everybody. You know, we've just about reached the end of the episode, but I, I do want to say that you know, if you are a Mystic member and you need help with, let's say, your damage prevention portal, you're you're always encouraged to contact our member service support team. And if you're an excavator listening or, or a member for that matter, and, and you want more information on your account or how to place tickets into our system via the one call access tool, our dedicated web ticket team is always available to help. Otherwise, you know, look to see when one of our community outreach specialists will be in your area and they can provide some assistance and some information. And of course, you're always welcome to reach out to any of us directly and, and set something up too. You can reach myself, Colleen Goddard, or Paul Harding by emailing externalaffairs at mystig811.org. And general Mystig information is always available on our website, which is, well, naturally, mystig811.org. Uh, well, folks, that's, that's all for now. Uh, I appreciate you listening. Um, and until next time, uh, this is Eric Urbane signing off by reminding you to be smart, be safe, call Miss Dig 811 before you dig. Bye.